I mean, because, like, honestly, what I thought of Tootsie earlier, I was thinking that this is also good to do for musicals, but not that we could do that have because seen... that wouldn't work. But, like, Sony musicals have big fucking titles that mean nothing. Yeah. What happens if what, what Anything Goes About, guys? Yeah, exactly. Well, like, I mean, hey, there's, like, six different versions of Anything Goes. Oh, so, really? like, yeah, I really? looked it up one night because I was trying to figure out, like, How? what is like, the plot. Wait, because well, it was written in, like, the 30s or something, so and they, they kept... all the racism? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's slightly less racist every time it's been up. And welcome to Why Do We Watch This, the podcast where three chums make a themed cocktail for a bad movie, watch it, talk about what they liked, what they didn't like, and then how they would fix said movie. I'm Brendan Drischler. I'm Lee Delahanty. And je m'appelle Chris Ravel. It is me. <laughs> yes, yeah, c'est moi. That means it, it is, is me. me. Uh, we're feeling very uh, international tonight because we're very excited <laughs> to tell you that the next movie we'll be oh, doing two weeks from now is The International, a movie that none of us has seen. Yep. It's from 2009, directed by a Tom Tykwer? Yeah, Tykwer. He's, um, he's a German director. The only other big thing he did that I know of is Run, Lola, Run. Oh, okay. Uh, and uh, it's starring Clive Owen and Naomi Watts. So none of us have ever seen this before, as I said. So uh, we'll be very interested in seeing what the hell it is and why it ended up on our list and what we'll have to say about it. Yeah. The drink that we'll be making for the International is called Some Fucking Justice. It's going to be <laughs> two ounces of tea, one ounce of vodka, half an ounce of Cointreau, half an ounce of lime juice, and half an ounce of white cranberry juice. It's basically a cosmopolitan. Because it's the International. Because it's so international. It's worldly. Well, that's what we'll be doing two weeks from now. This week, we decided to try something a little bit different. We're playing a game. <gasps> now, what we're doing for this game, I'll try and explain it as the best as I possibly can. Uh, we assembled a list of movies that not all of us have seen. Now, these are relatively big movies. Movies that most people who like movies have probably seen. Definitive. Or at least, yes. Seminal I would say we followed it like two categories. Yeah. One is like popular culture. And yeah. one is just like, just for me, because this is the only shit that I know are the old movies that are critically acclaimed. Yeah. But people... Casual film people probably haven't. But seen. those are like movies that are like. Well, it's like the AFI. We were, we were looking at like yeah. the AFI top 100 list. So I, I think, yeah, it's like pop culture and then like classic canon. Yeah, right. Because some of these movies are like, even if you haven't seen them, they're just in our zeitgeist and you might have osmosisified a lot of. That's not a word. No. Os, through osmosis, have yeah, gotten go. a lot of the movie. <laughs> you hit it. But like, no one's gotten the African Queen through osmosis. No one's talking about the African Queen until. I don't know. The other day I just put my hand on the DVD for about two hours yeah, and was like, just, oh yeah, I feel it. I yeah. can, once we get to that, I'll tell you how the the vehicle through which I have my scant known details about that movie. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to find out. Well, let's start at the very beginning of this list, and we'll see what we can come <laughs> well, up with here. What a beginning here. it is. And what a beginning it is. Well, a very good place to start. I have not seen it, if you guys yeah. want to. Yeah, all right, yeah. so, all right, so the first movie. Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane, which, who's seen it? <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it. I have Many not. Times. I right. have not seen it. It I is a film school history. staple, so Lee and I have both seen it, definitely, at least for college. Yeah. Uh, I, I saw it before college. I have okay. seen clips. I have seen GIFs. I have seen references and jokes made to it and other things. I feel so, like it's a very popular thing for comedies to reference. Chris, the biggest question I have about Citizen Kane right off the top of my head. Do you like films? <laughs> do you like, yeah. Is it a good, would yeah. you say like it's the it's best, the best film, film of all time? time do you yeah, think? of course. <laughs> okay. No further questions. Uh, I don't need on. to watch it to know that. Yeah. What do you know? Does if I say Rosebud, does that mean anything to you? Yeah, it's the sled, right? Okay, okay. okay. so you know the, you know that Rosebud's a sled. Why why is that a big deal in the movie? Uh, isn't it supposed to be like childhood innocence or yeah. something? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just bring up yeah. why why is the whole movie 
Like, oh yeah, do you know like why they're talking about yeah, what Rosebud is? Yeah, why are they talking is? about Rosebud the whole time? Chris, stop chirping and answer the question. <laughs> Never. Well, no, not really. I mean, do you know the opening sequence yeah, of the movie? Because I feel like if you you will recognize it if you see it. I mean, I'm, it, I I don't know it. Is it just like headlines that are leading me up? To... No. Well, no. The opening sequence is old Charles Foster Kane in his bed clutching a snow globe, and as he dies, he says "Rosebud" and drops the snow globe yeah. on the floor. And it like rolls dramatically. Does it break? I can't remember. Or does it just roll away? I think it just rolls away. Okay, yeah, it just oh, rolls. No, it says it does snow. Okay, I've seen matches. this spoofed. I think the Simpsons have done it many times. Yeah, so that's like, what I'm thinking. Yeah, of. but someone is there. To hear it, because well, that's why. I like, thought, no, I thought that was the thing, that technically there's no one in the room at the oh, time, and, like, okay. someone pointed it out to um, uh, Orson Welles afterwards, and he was like, oh <laughs> <laughs> But there is, like, a nurse who runs in right afterwards, so one could assume maybe she had her yeah. ear pressed up against the door I, or something. So, yeah, they're, they're all, like, trying to figure out what the... Like, f- why his last word is... And just so that I'm clear, yeah. Yeah. here's what... Here, okay, here's my major confusion... I guess it would be explained if I ever watched the movie. Okay, so first of all, Charles Foster Kane is essentially William Randolph Hearst. Basically. Right? Yeah, that's why he got into trouble. Does he it. also have the, like, under-talented oh, mistress yeah. who he's yeah. trying to make happen as an actress? Yep. yep. A, she's an opera singer in this one or something, right? Yeah, I mean, there was a reason why, like, Hearst tried to stop the movie. But... Yeah. Well, I guess, like, how much of it is beat for beat? Like, what is it? What happens in this movie? It's just like... It's the exploration of this man's life, yeah, basically. Yeah, it's, it's just like... It's a it's reporter trying to figure out what the deal is with the word Rosebud. Yeah, the, uh, the reporter oh. like, flashes back a lot. So it's a mystery inside. Well, I mean, like, I wouldn't call it a mystery per se, but he's just, like, asking people about this man's life, like, yeah. with the intent of figuring out what it is. And then at the end of the day, do you know the ending? Like, what's the last image? Do you know? I'm going to guess a sled? I don't know. Well, you're halfway there. Yeah. Um, so it, at the end, basically the reporter doesn't find out, right? What, like what it means. Like he's, he's just sort of like, well, I, I don't know. I don't understand. Like the last shot is the sled. I don't, is it like in a basement or something? And it's like about They're to They're just be, like clearing out the Yeah. Place. And it's, you like the camera like looks at the sled that says a rosebud on it and some guy just picks it up and throws it in a fire. <laughs> That's yep. pretty hilarious. Wait, I have a dumb question. Dumb answer. Uh, why is it called Citizen Kane? He runs for office. His name is Kane. Yeah, um, Charles Foster Kane is his it. name. It's not like it could make a movie about Hearst and how crazy he was in Hearst. Yeah, it, like, Citizen No, Hearst. of course Citizen not. Hearst. I think in my head for like a hot second I married the two names together and the Kane part got dropped. Okay, yeah. no, that, okay, so he's running for office? I see. Well, that's like one of the things that he does. Yeah. Again, this is probably also something you've seen referenced in pop culture, like him standing in front of a big picture of himself. Yes. Yeah. Again, the Simpsons have done this many times. My and, favorite picture was always when he's standing like on top of a bunch of newspapers and looking up. Have you seen that one? Yeah. And it's also one of the times where you can look at Orson Welles and think, he's not that bad. I mean, he wasn't, right? He for was, a long time. He was a bit he of was like, handsome. When he was a younger guy, he yeah. was pretty, then he was like, I'll eat five steaks for dinner. And then, like, everything started to go down from there. I had that picture of him with the newspaper, st- like, with his arms behind his back, looking up. I had that as my live journal icon for <laughs> quite some time. Oh, I think... I think I may have seen. That. I have it. I have it on a hard drive. Um, still, my my la- my last and final question is: yes. I mean, given what I've collected about it, it's not like a flattering portrayal. Oh no, no, like, it's very critical. Yeah, like, that's why Hearst didn't like it. Okay, I mean, Hearst yeah. was also like so fucking touchy. He's really cheap. Uh, I'm mostly from with Pulitzer from Newsies, so I can't comment on what Hearst was like too much. <laughs> like Hearst, even like allegedly. Like pseudo was pseudo successful a, in like ending Mae West's career for like a hot second. Lee because... Shriver plays 
uh, Orson Welles in a like HBO special or something. Oh, about the making really? of. About the making of I forget Orson what it's Welles. called. It's called whatever like the working title says yeah. in K- so RKO see, something like, something. So that's that's interesting. I find hot play yeah, a, a person I found hot when he was young. Yeah. Watch that. It's called like RKO. It's RK- It's like like it's the working title of the movie. It's like yeah. RKO, a bunch of numbers, numbers and letters or something. Yeah. yeah. It's not bad. Yeah, it's on the Blu-ray if you ever Case get a closed. Hold of it. Nice. Media, yeah. So. No, I'm, I'm. It's one of those movies where I was like, I guess I should see that. Yeah, I mean, like, point. all joking aside, it is a good movie. Okay. Like, we 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 can all joke about Citizen Kane's importance, but like, you can watch it and realize like how it was influential yeah, in so many ways. Yeah. You know how to make a film. Yeah. Like, regardless of whether or not you actually care for the movie, it's easy to look at it and like see like how cinema was more or less like changed. And isn't the by cinematography this. supposed to be like really remarkable? Yeah. Like it's nuts. Like he would like like dig holes in the studio so that the camera could get like a higher angle of like things or like put the camera down low to like look up at people. Oh, and, that's like, so cool. It's nuts. Like yeah. you know, like he, he was Wells is a very smart, very talented guy. Also, like a little nuts, but you know. Oh. When you like start to read details about his marriage to Rita Hayworth, it sounds like a very weird. Home Not to life. mention his frozen pea commercials. <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving on to our second film, which is The Godfather. All right, I can tell you all about Godfather. All right. <laughs> tell us all about The Godfather. Yeah, tell us about The Godfather. So, I think I've only ever seen bits of Godfather Part Two. Okay. Okay. And so I know there's a scene in Godfather Part Two. So I think. Don't correct me in any of this until the end. Okay. I think the Godfather lives through the Godfather because mm-hmm. you corrected me. You're not supposed to. You're not supposed to confirm or deny. Oh shit! Sorry. <laughs> but because I think he dies in part two out of like a heart attack or something. Because I think I've seen that. And the Godfather part two has Robert De Niro playing young Godfather, maybe. And so Godfather part one. I don't really know what happens in that, so I'm guessing that someone must die. So if it's not him, then it must be someone else in his family. And maybe there's like a marriage between families, because that sounds like a thing a movie would be about. And there's a guy named Fredo. Mm-hmm. There's a guy named Fredo. <laughs> there sure is. And I feel like if anyone was betraying someone, that maybe it was Fredo. <laughs> um, and maybe the family or there's some sort of inter-family negotiation goes wrong. And there's a lot of violence. Mm-hmm. Isn't there a scene where he like cuts up an orange and puts it in his mouth? There's something? a horse. Yeah. There's a horse. Oh yeah, in the, the horse, horse head. head yeah, the, the horse head in the bed. So I assume that someone was threatening him, or it wasn't. Him. It wasn't in his bed. It wasn't in his. It bed. wasn't in the titular Godfather's bed. But he woke up next to it, so he was in someone else's bed. Brando woke up next to it. I don't know who woke up next okay, to it. Okay, no, I'm saying, I, I, again, as someone else who's not seen this movie, I know that Brando, I don't think it's Brando who wakes up next Is to the... Is that the Godfather? No. Who wakes up next to the head? No, that he starts Somebody shaking his up. jowls in terror. Somebody wakes up next yeah, to no, the head. Yeah, no, there's definitely the horse head. That's definitely a thing. The horse head was a thing. It was also, like, that was that character's prized horse. Right. So they were doing it to be like, we can, uh, A, get into your home life, and we're going to destroy everything you love. Right. So, okay, so then, they go to the mattresses, that means they go to war. Mm-hmm. That's the thing, because I know that from... Uh, the news, the bookshops movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you've got mail. You've got mail. The the bookshops movie. <laughs> the bookshops movie. <laughs> I know. R two bookshops. R two bookshops. You've got mail. Told me all about how you go to the mattresses, mm-hmm. and there's like a line. I mean, I don't think this is gonna help me with the plot, but there's they talk about like. I assume they shoot up a restaurant at some point, and then say, "Leave the gun, take the cannoli." I assume that that's when that happened. That's why he says that at some point. I. <laughs> Yeah. I, so, I, again, my broad overview, it has something to do with, like, warring mob families, basically, yeah, right? There, I, just, I know there, there is a I marriage. Even, I couldn't even confirm. So I was, was I right about the marriage? To who? 
Well, I mean, a marriage, marriage is very yes, marriage. At the very beginning of the With some, maybe the Godfather's kid. Yes. His, like, granddaughter well, or something? Daughter. Or, okay. Um, and the it's, marriage... It's, it starts in 1945. Okay. Uh, it's... Marlon Brando is... Uh, the John Corleone. He is the Godfather. It is his daughter, Corinne, who is getting married. And it's, like, this thing that, like... You can go in and ask for favors if your family on the day of his daughter's wedding. <laughs> what a great tradition! Wait, who who can ask for favors from who? Like you can ask for favors from the Godfather. Like, Does he have? To, is it like a genie? Does he have to grant them? Anyone? It's just sort of like he's in a good mood, so he's open for business. But wait, no, okay, so does he have to grant them? Can he just be like, no, I won't be doing that? I don't think he has to grant them. So it's I, not like a genie? No. Okay. Well, like, anyone on either side, bride or groom's family, can ask for favors? Or, like, on by. any rando off the street can just come in and be like, hey, Godfather? Yeah, so... What then, a world. Uh, by the way, the, the one thing that you did get wrong... What? Was at the very end of the movie, the Godfather dies. Well, who dies in the second movie? And his son, uh, Al Pacino, takes Isn't over that like and the leaves, shot? And there's like this the shot. end of the movie with the door closing? Yes, because yeah. um, basically, so the Godfather is essentially about Al Pacino's character, who is the youngest son of Marlon Brando's Godfather. And right? who is he? Okay. Who is his character? Who? Al Pacino. Al Pacino is Michael Corleone. Okay. And who's Fredo? Yeah, who's Fredo? <laughs> we, don't have, we don't have to cover this now. But I who Fredo is. Yeah. Oh, um, we don't have to go into the whole plot. I'm just, uh, I just want to do with the we middle son. Okay. Okay. Who Fredo, plays him? Fredo Cor- uh, Corleone. Who plays him? Uh, John Cazale. I don't even know who that is. And James Khan okay. plays the oldest. Okay, I knew James Khan was in it. That's right. So I thought of a, there's a um, scene. So so is Brando in the second one? No. Huh. Well, or like in flashbacks or something. Be. I don't remember the second one very well, but. In, basically, The Godfather is about Al Pacino kind of, like, realizing his destiny at the head of this mob family, while his girlfriend, Diane Keaton, is like, I don't know about this, this doesn't seem all that great, and that's why, like, the end of the movie is such a gut punch for her, because his dad's dead, he assumes the throne, basically. He walks in, everyone starts addressing him as Don Corleone, and they just close doors in her face. Um, yeah. Everything I know about The Godfather is something I learned from The Simpsons. Yeah. So, in... All right. There's a scene in one of these movies. I thought it was the second one, where like there's a he's this old dude playing in like the with like laundry hanging up in the back. It's like a like an orchard almost or something. Well, it's like it's house. I think I don't know. But then he there's like a little grandkid that he's playing with, and they're like, yeah, let's play hide and seek. Oh, 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 oh. oh, and he has a heart attack. He has like a heart attack, and the kid like doesn't. The kid walks up to him, doesn't know. Doesn't understand it. Yeah. Yeah. Who's that? I don't know. I'm gonna find out. <laughs> Oh, the second one, it's looking like it jumps around a lot. Okay. I always thought that was like... How he goes. How he goes. Like, oh, oh that, no, that's how he goes in the first one. Oh, it is? He has a heart attack while he's playing with his grandson. Oh, okay. Because oh, okay. cool. I, I thought that would be like a fitting, because it's like, oh, he didn't die from any sins he committed. Yeah. Just from like having a heart attack yeah. and being old. Just from the sin of eating too much processed meat. <laughs> the greatest sin of them all. Okay. All right. So next up... We've got a bit of a double header here. All right. Starting with Goodfellas. Lee, why don't you tell us what you think Goodfellas is about? Or what you thought Goodfellas I just, was about? I did not remember. Did we, we, I did this prematurely in before we recorded. I wish I wish I hadn't asked. I was... Pro, <laughs> well, I mean, for I feel like it was partially me being yeah. like, this is let's a, do yeah. Goodfellas, yeah. because is that the one... Isn't that the one with Al Pacino, and he's Cuban, and there's cocaine, and there's a little friend with a gun? <laughs> Wait, do you think there's literally like, no. like he pulls out a bitch and is like no, the bitch has got a gun, everyone? Just <laughs> the line. Okay. I know. I've yeah. seen the scene. I don't like. I'm okay. So as as and then, I, then you pointed out really so that I was talking about Scarface, which like 
I figured I had this thought in my head as I was saying it that I could be wrong, but I could not have told you the name of that movie. I've they all blend together to me. They're all like movies about criminals. Okay. And fair mafia enough. people. They do a lot of coke Gangsters. in both movies. So I can tell you a little bit about Scarface. So okay. wait, but Goodfellas, first of all, I takes place in Vegas, right? No. Doesn't it? Anything about Does it involve Goodfellas. a casino in some way? No. Okay, I got nothing. I know that there is a community parody of Good. it with chicken fingers. I mean, I to my to, to my recollection, and I've seen that movie many times. There's, I think maybe think of Casino. I think you're thinking of Casino. <laughs> oh, the one with the casino. I got it. Goodfellas is just like an East Coast mob story. All right, yeah. Joe Pesci's in it, right? It's, yeah, ish. Is it Italian mafia? Yes. Okay. It's Joe Pesci. It's, um, God, who's that older actor now? Um, Ray Liotta is in it. Um, Boy. That one is sort of like, uh, it's a more kind of like wistful retail, weirdly. It's like, isn't it like, there's like a lot of like voiceover, right? A lot of voiceover narration. Uh, it's because it's Ray Liotta's story and he's kind of narrating. You don't realize from what point in his life he's narrating until the very end. But it's essentially a story of how, like, he grew up in this. He kind of came up and, like, earned his stripes as a mobster. He started to, like, fly too close to the sun and was getting caught by cops. And he had, like, a a girlfriend on the side from his wife. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's, like, a little bit of comedy with how they, like, spend their money on, like, the trashiest, ugliest shit. And then... He's going to basically get busted by the law, and then the only way out is to rat out everyone he knows. So he does that, and the movie ends with him in witness protection under a completely different identity. And I like one of the lines is he's like, uh, they don't know how to make spaghetti because they use ketchup instead of tomato sauce, but at least I'm alive. Mm-hmm. All right, then. Uh, Scarface? So, okay... I remember, I actually have, this is maybe cheating because I have seen recently clips of it. Okay. But like, all I knew before I saw the clips was that it ends up with him being like a cokey addict drug lord and he shoots up a bunch of people with a machine gun. He gets shot, doesn't he? I think so. But he shoots up a bunch of people and he gets shot. Right, yeah. So it's also I know it's also a remake of a movie from the thirties. Yep, is it? But it's updated. I yeah, it's, I mean I think it's a pretty loose but there, remake. He's the Cuban, one in, right? He's Cuban. They but it's set in Florida. Miami. I right? believe yeah. he's, he's Puerto Rican. But let me check. Okay. Um, it's but it's set in Miami or Florida. It's set some. I know it's somewhere in Florida. It could be Miami. Uh, do you? Can you think of anyone else who's in it, Lee? Fuck no. I truly couldn't either. There's a bunch of other people. I mean, I'm sure, like, I'll know our, it. Our Favo Bebo, Michelle Pfeiffer, is in it as, wow. okay. um, like, a his, like, coke-themed girlfriend. Huh, good for I've her. I've seen a bit where it's, like, I guess... So I guess it's about how he becomes a drug lord. Mm-hmm. Because I, the, the bits that I saw, he wasn't in, like, fancy suits or anything. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing that he starts off as a... He, like, rises guy. up through the ranks to become yeah. a very powerful drug Scarface? lord. Have you No, never. Oh, you're right. Yeah. He is Cuban. I'm just guessing. And it's Tony Montagna, um, who was a real person at the time, and he was, like, a coke lord in... Like seventies to early eighties, yeah, uh, Florida. So wait, wait. So it is a remake of an old movie, but also retelling an actual story that happens. Yes, that's bizarre. But so yeah, because I, I remember there's a bit where they like chainsaw his brother or something while he's in the room. Couldn't say. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, but that does occur. Yeah. No, All right. Because yeah, they're first like big drug dealer or something, and like he gets his brother gets like tied up, and they get a chainsaw out, and they like chain they like cut his arm off or something. Chris, hmm. who is baby and bringing up baby? <laughs> no 
knows their baby Okay, is. now just tell us it's who baby is. It's the leopard, is. right? Okay, yes, it is the leopard. But it's, what, why is there a leopard in this movie? Yeah. Mm. Why is um, the leopard to be brought up? Yeah. Well, first of all, this is Catherine Hepburn, right? Uh-huh. Yes. She doesn't normally Who's play the other, these, you know these the sort of, like, Dizzy Dame types, does she? This was her... It was kind of like a thing that she did, like, back in her early career. Really? This is, like, her f- first and only... I mean, I, like, she plays, like, society women. You can't women. really say she was dizzy in another movie. That's she, true. She I mean, she's a little more nuts in this one, in but she, she did have a career of playing, like, well-to-do society women. At the time... No, at the time, she was, like... Howard Hawks had to give her... And she had to sit her down with uh, the guy who plays the um, the doctor, I think. Hmm. The, um... The twitchy sort of like oh what that, that yeah. guy oh and he had to teach her how to be funny or something yeah, yeah because she just had didn't understand like the timing and she was she was used to melodrama and like some of the time so interesting there was actually like a lot of coaching involved in her because she just wasn't getting it at first comedy boot camp ended up like fucking taking that role out of the fucking water yeah. like she blows it away but um, okay so does she have the leopard who's because... the guy do you know who the guy is yeah who's the guy you don't know who the I mean guy guess is. can you guess who would it be in like Big the, like the 40s. Big 30s. 30, late 30s, 40s, early 40s. I mean, up until, like, honestly, um, till the end of his life, pretty yeah, much. It's a name you've heard. Yeah, a, it's a not big, a hard one. Right. He's been in He's been in some Hitchcock. <laughs> yep, he's been in some Hitchcock. He's very dashing. Okay. Very um, attractive. Just start going through names. He's been in a movie that was like a Hitchcock movie, but not directed by Hitchcock what with movie? Audrey Hepburn. What movie? It's called oh, Charade. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um... The older gentleman, right? Yeah. Because she practically her, looks like a teen next to Her love interest, trade. yeah. I'm blanking out on his fucking name. He liked to do LSD. Yes. <laughs> and he, he, <laughs> called it, he called yes, Carrie Fisher to talk her down from Carrie it. Carrie Grant. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Carrie Grant. Wow. So this must have been, like, super young um, for both of them. Well, I mean, he was youngish, no, they were right? Both, they are both like probably 30s. 30s. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They're not young. Um, yeah. He didn't give her the leopard, right? That was was it something that like well, she had because she's a wacko, or that the did plot? I guess like what I want to know is just a what do you believe happened in the dark? What yeah. do you think? Okay. What is this movie is about? If I had to guess, <laughs> I well, first of all, I'm gonna guess that she has baby because that was like some crazy gift someone gave to her, mm-hmm. and I think Cary Grant enters the picture. I don't know. Like, maybe he's, like, a doctor with the other doctor you mentioned, and they somehow cross paths, and he gets, like, tied into some caper where she wants to, like... Well, I mean, you're, like, hitting the broad stroke. Give the leopard back, because she's like, I can't take care of this thing. (laughs) I do like your version of the movie that, like, revolves entirely around the leopard. Whereas, to be fair, in the movie, the leopard's almost an afterthought. Like, the leopard has an important role to play in part of the plot, but, uh, it's it's not... It's it's less important than the title would have you believe. Okay. Comedy, right? Yeah. So it was pretty renowned, genre defining for this genre, and the genre is defined by like not always, but often women being a little like over the top, but very much in control. Our like there are different movies. type, there are different types of women in these movies, but they are always the ones who are driving the men the, around. Yeah. Like they have the men are like powerless to help themselves against these like women who are just like dragging them places. Um, and the particular flavor that this one takes is that Catherine Hepburn is just nuts. Yep. Like, she's just insane. <laughs> and she's like, well, I guess she's well-meaning. She's a little self-centered and like a bit selfish, but that's because she's like a society girl, I think. She doesn't know any better. But she's like, she latches on. She essentially like latches on to Cary Grant very early on for a weird, like a weird, like a bird hatching. 
She just sees him. She just like looks just at him, him and is like, like, "Yep, there it is." <laughs> like a bird hat and an imprint. Yeah. yeah, because like I think the, her initial thing is that she, she she's upset that he's like taking his golf. Like she she's like holding up the he's holding up the golf yeah. or something. And she like makes up some sort of conflict of like you took my golf ball or I forget they have an initial one. They're at a club. That's yeah, what I remember. Yeah, and like and they get into like this weird fight, but then and then she is afterwards steaming about like oh that boy that man blah blah blah. But really she's just like you can it's like very this this veneer of like I'm mad at him, but I also want to meet him again and Fuck. talk to him more. Yeah. Well, we don't say that. And so like they she, get they, married. They happen to see each other again that night and like have another disastrous encounter, and then. The next day, she ends up. She has this leper, and she sort of. He calls. This is the third time they're. She means it at this point. She remembered that he's a zoologist. Oh, uh, which okay. is he a paleontologist? He, he's not. He says he's a zoologist, okay. but he is putting together a dinosaur skeleton. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> it's also like the most ridiculous, cartoonish dinosaur skeleton ever. Oh like God. it looks yeah. like something out of the Flintstones. I love that. Like in this movie's logic, they're like, I don't know, zoologist, paleontologist. So the main, What's the difference? The main plot is that. The, at the beginning of the movie, Cary Grant has gotten the final bone to this... Yeah, some clavicle. There's something clavicle. Yeah, to this, dinos- this massive dinosaur. The, yeah. the bone that will complete the dinosaur, and he's carrying it around for some reason. I guess he's even <laughs> I don't put it down. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> he, goes, he gets this phone call about, like, I've got this leopard, and he's just like... This is the third time meeting. She's like, you're full of shit. Like, you're crazy. <laughs> I don't believe you. And then, like, th- there is a leopard in her apartment just wandering around You when you see a shot of her... And at one point, like, Leopard's, like, pulling at her cloak, and she's like, go, oh, get away. And then she stumbles on her own hem and goes, like, oh! And then he interprets that as, like, oh, my God, the leopard is killing her, and it, like, rushes to her house. And then she basically, like, from that point on, like, court... What is the word I'm looking for? Comic like, shenanigans ensue. No, like, what? but she basically, like, dragoons him into, like, you have to... You're a zoologist. You have to come take this. They, they deliver the leopard to me. It's supposed to go to my aunt's and. The Connecticut Manor. Yeah. <laughs> you have to help me get this like leopard to her house because they sent her to the wrong address. And her aunt is this like big rich fucking heiress, right? And they've talked early on about like the museum is getting funding from somewhere. And so like he's got the bone, he's got the leopard in a car, and but yeah, it's going on for a while. And they go, to, we should see this movie. But yeah, it's I'm gonna watch this. Shit goes off the rails because he loses the bone in Connecticut. Uh, he the the leopard gets loose. Yep. In Connecticut. And the aunt comes home and he finds out that the aunt is the benefactor. And if the aunt finds out that this fucking nutcase has like lost a leopard and also is like and is like looking like an idiot because he's walking around like following the dog trying to figure out where the dog just throws the bone. He's like, I can't. The aunt can't know who I am. Meanwhile, we gotta find this leopard and get it back. And like, like you can't like there to keep. There's like many levels of deception and like. This sounds fun. I wanna watch it. Yeah, it's really funny, but it's yeah, it's good. Hey, uh, Brendan. Mm-hmm. What do you think the genres of All Quiet on the Western Front? <laughs> All right, I have two guesses. The first one is it's a Western. The okay. second one is it has something to do with a war. Do you want us to tell you? Do you want to run on that, or do you want? I'm going to, to assume tell it's you? a war. I could not tell you which war. I have to say, I have to say, yeah, we, that's when, all we, I got. when we were discussing this earlier, and you're like, I guess it's a western. <laughs> I hooted out loud when I read that. I assumed it was a western because it says western. Very broadly, yeah. All Quiet in the Western Front is a very somber dirge-like story about Germany in World War One. Okay, I thought it was set in America. And All Quiet in the Western Front is supposed to be like. Finally, the fighting has stopped. Okay, that makes sense. But there, it's like scene after crushing scene of people just like dying in trenches, and like it's it's a wild movie. Yeah, in hindsight, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it being World War Two. 
I love the idea of a western, though. <laughs> Can we touch on Brookback a little bit? Yeah, let's do it. All right. I mean, you guys have seen Brookback. Yeah. Of course, we're so gay. many times. Here's as soon my as best... we came out, it was just yeah. beamed into our heads. Here's my best bullet points. I I don't know. Either one or both of them starts off in a relationship with a woman. And I, maybe they they probably don't know each other at first. Maybe they don't. Maybe they do casually. I don't know. And then for some reason, they have to. I don't know what they do. I know that it's like cowboys, but it's like modern times, right? Uh, I mean, it's it's like... Do you want me to tell? It's it's like fifties, right? Okay, so now I like, think it's like the eighties. No, we don't need cowboys. It's a past time sure where we need the cowboys. movie is in the eighties. The book may have been written to have I mean, taken place in an earlier time than that. I'm pretty sure it's the eighties. But I'm gonna see because I actually don't remember now. For some reason, they have some sort of fucking cowboy sixty-three. Oh, it's sixty-three. Yeah, the eighties. I didn't realize it was that far back. So they have to go away together to do a job, mm-hmm. I guess, and that's where they fuck for the first time and fall in love. And then they, but then they realize like they can't be together because it's the '60s and they're cowboys and and <laughs> repressed. And Do you know so how they, it ends? Well, I imagine it goes on for like a couple months slash years of them like ah, oh, I guess we just have to be tortured and live. And then I don't know, either one of them dies or one of them, if maybe like the wife dies and they can be together. But it's probably sad. You hit broad strokes. You're you're actually pretty close. Yeah. So yeah, they're they're ranchers, and they're both kind of sent on this uh, cattle drive. Cattle drive, but it's just the two of them. Yeah. Okay. And so you actually up until that point, you were like super on on point, pretty yeah. much. That is where they fall in love and have sex for the first time. That's not the only time though. It's kind of over like a period yeah. of years. They continue to meet up on like the fishing ranch. trips, okay. right? And uh, they do both eventually have wives, right? Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway so and um, Michelle Williams. Michelle Williams. Right? Yeah. So they don't start off with wives. No. No. Okay. They get Although married. I think he Fletcher oh, starts off with a girlfriend. I think, yeah, I think he like knows who she is and Jake Gyllenhaal like kind of hooks up with Anne Hathaway later on just, just because he's like, well, I suppose I should get married right. now. Oh, and there, it's also supposed to there was, that was like, it was like a shocking like first chopless scene for her too. Right. Like, you see her boobs. Um, and, it's, and Anne Hathaway is also like, she like, she gets it. Like Anne yeah. Hathaway knows that he's gay because she's like very unsatisfied in this relationship. But again, yeah. it's the sixties. You don't get divorced. Yeah. Um, also, uh, oh, so, but over that period of time, a dynamic starts to develop wherein, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal really wants to make a go of this. And he actually keeps pitching to Heath Ledger, like, let's just leave our families and just do this with each other. And it's Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger who's like, no, no, no. And there's at one point, I guess they're in their 40s at this point in the story, but um, he, like, punches Gyllenhaal, doesn't he? They get into a fight. They get into a fight that's sort of like the effect of last time that right. they see each other. They see each other. But then when, much, much later, I think after Ledger's already broken up with his, his wife, wife yeah. but he has... I don't he know, has like a, a kid like yeah, he has in a daughter. middle school or yeah, something. Yeah, a youngish daughter. But like the ending scene is like he finds out he, that Jake Gyllenhaal. He calls to talk to Jake yes. Gyllenhaal, but the uh, Anne Hathaway picks up and intimates that he's dead. The movie shows essentially he was beaten to death um, oh, by some I other homophobic I did remember that. And I forgot that like yeah, some people beat him to death because they found out he was gay or something. Yes. Yeah. Um, and he goes to see his parents, Jake Gyllenhaal's parents. Yes. And then there's, like, this devastating last moment of, like, he keeps Jake Gyllenhaal's, like, jacket. shirt in, or jacket or yeah. something in his closet, and he, like, smells it. Yeah, on a hanger. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good movie. It's a downer, but it's a good movie. Yeah. I mean, you pretty much nailed it. I'm, but, good. I'm glad. 
Yeah. Shakespeare in Love, I have not seen Shakespeare. So I haven't seen Shakespeare in Love either. My guess for Shakespeare in Love, I'm just going to go quickly here. I know Gwyneth Paltrow's in it, and I know Ray Fiennes is in it. I know Ray Fiennes is like a sexy young Shakespeare who fucks. Yep. And that Gwyneth Paltrow is an actor or something in this world. So I imagine it's one of those like fucking insufferable movies where you get so many references to all these various Shakespeare plays throughout where it's like, oh, like he knows a guy named Hamlet who's indecisive or like, you know, bullshit like that. And it's about him writing a play. I think it's about him like writing a play that becomes... Something like, else. Yeah, like, I don't know if it was Romeo and Juliet or something, but it's like, it's like he starts off writing, like, a different bad play, and everyone's like, ooh, Shakespeare, what a bad play you've written. And then it eventually, like, with the help of Gwyneth Paltrow, probably, like, as his lover, like, shapes its way into being one of the Shakespeare works we does know Does she play love. an actor? Yes. Does she play an actor that plays a man that plays a woman? A Victor Victoria yes, scenario? Yes, essentially. Well, they don't really... Yeah. They, they, they kind of cut out that middle part, though, because... Okay, so uh, she is his lover. She does kind of inspire a better play. That part is true. There are also, like, I can't remember. But there is also a bunch of references in there to, like, this and that other work. It also has Judi Dench as Queen The Queen, right, yeah. Yeah. Um, And she won, was it a Golden Globe or an Oscar? She won something for it. Despite the fact that she was in there for, like, all of four minutes. The movie won an Oscar for Best Picture, which it does not deserve. Um, But uh, there's also a bit of business in there of, like, she's sort of, like, She's kind of putting them together a little bit. But yeah, there is a moment where, like, Gwyneth Paltrow plays a title role, and it's supposed to be, like, they... they It is Romeo and Juliet. It was called Romeo and Ethel, the Pirate's Daughter. Yes. Okay. (laughs) What a dumb... Well, but it, it's supposed to be right. Like, they, it's like, supposed to be like a yeah. joke that it's bad. They stuff in a bunch of other things really in there of like bad joke. no. I mean, oh. it, it's like a very like on the nose, right? Like yeah. it's not even just like that. It's Romeo and Ethel. It's like Romeo and Ethel, who is a pirate's daughter, <laughs> or like you know. But they have a lot, a lot of things of like, wow, that actor looks so much like a woman. It's supposed to be like, haha, it's Gwyneth Paltrow. But there is like a moment where like they get caught out, and there was like some bet that Queen Elizabeth had with him about the play, and she's sort of like, bop, 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 I'm going to collect on my bed and my. I think like, her thing is that she wants them to like get together and they're like cool thanks and then the movie ends it's really stupid I hate yeah. that movie alright so Chinatown <laughs> who's seen it? I've seen parts of it I'm gonna pull it up it has to do with water right? isn't that effective? isn't that uh, the thing that I know about that... isn't the water company the cover for like a land development it's something like there was the... a real thing in, in LA about a reservoir and, and scandal. Yeah. And maybe it's based on that. And I know there's the thing with Faye Dunaway there, it's like she's my sister, she's you... my daughter. Do she's you... my that's what that's from? Yeah. Do you know that the Your wife? Yeah. Sister. <laughs> wife. Sister. Yeah. Well, none of us have seen it, so I feel like yeah. this is not terribly rich ground. <laughs> okay, real quick. I have questions about the next two. Okay, my guess for American Beauty, having not seen it also. It's Sam Mendes, so it's about a guy who hates suburbia and is like, you it's know. Also Alan Ball. Well, what? It's also Alan Ball. Who? He wrote uh, uh, Six Feet Under and. Um, anyway, he did True Blood. So too. it's Sam Mendes. So it's about a guy who hates suburbia but lives in suburbia, mm-hmm. and he's probably married to a woman who he realizes he doesn't love, probably through no fault of her own. Like she's probably an okay woman, yeah. But like he's a man, and so he's like, you know, it's through his eyes, and therefore like she's completely undeserving of his her love. Her crime now. in the movie is that she's too uh, materialistic and shallow. Okay, can but, I not so, tell this even further? What it's about a man having a midlife crisis. Yeah, and yeah. he has an affair with a younger woman, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. or like a daughter, like his friends. Like, his daughter's friend or something? So, that's where the setup is going for, okay. like, most of the movie. Where his daughter, Thora Birch, has a friend, Bina Suvari, who is also... Like, she's talking a humongous game about, like, all the guys she's fucked, and she's a model, or so she claims. Mm-hmm. And uh, Spacey's taken in by this. 
And he has a moment where, like, he has her almost entirely undressed and he's about to have sex with her when he realizes... Well, she, first of all, she says, I've never done this before, which freaks him out. And then he also realizes, like, I'm basically about to have sex with a child. Yeah. So I'm not going to do yeah, this. Nothing new for Kevin Spacey. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> exactly. The Just the now. gender swap. Uh, but then there's also, there's a side plot in there where Chris Cooper is a deeply closeted homophobic uh, army guy. And his wife, Allison Janney, is a catatonic depressive. And their son is a weirdo who is with Thora Birch. Okay. Dom and Louise. He also comes on to Kevin Spacey. They actually drove off a fucking cliff and die at the end. The, well, I mean, you don't see them die. It, like, oh. freezes on them. I mean, like, they're, really? they die, right? They die. They because, die. of course, they die. But, like, it freezes on them as they, like, fly so off. So is it about women having a midlife crisis? I mean, I wouldn't say... I, I think it's more about, like, they're, like, railing against the society that they live in, you know? They're, like, know, railing against the sort it's of... It's like a road trip, isn't it? Right, they're but... older... It, are they older? No, they're not, they're not like super. Because I mean, it was like Susan Sarandon. And like she was yours. probably like and maybe Davis, 40. Davis, yeah, right? They were probably like maybe 40 So they just sort of go nuts? No, they would have been in their 30s by this point. This was the 90s. Oh. Anyway, and Susan Sarandon was in Rocky Horror. How young do you think she That's is? That's a good point. Um, so I think they were probably about in their 40s. Anyway, so like it's, it's just sort of about them like re- like railing against like the, the society that they live in, the rules that they find themselves placed in, that sort of thing. Do they do crimes? I believe so, yeah. Wait, like Rob doesn't one of them, like, kill an abusive spouse or boyfriend I don't or something, that and that's what sends them on the run? I don't remember that specifically. Oh, I'm pretty sure. And isn't also, like, very, very young hot Brad Pitt? Yeah, he is. Reservoir Dogs. They're trapped in a house after a crime. They all have they color have to, names. They all have color names, yep. and they're waiting to be able to get out, because they're, like, you know, on the low, they're on the down low. Yes. Why? And, and well, what's, what's the premise of the movie? Okay. Just, like, one sentence. Uh, the aftermath of a bank robbery goes wrong when they receive vague information that one of their number is informing to the cops. Okay. Okay. I feel like... Okay. So it is sort of like a, like the bottle episode from hell where they're they're all kind of in this one space and they're eventually just starting to kill each other. Yeah. All right. Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. I can fucking tell you there's a gimp. So Pulp Fiction is, it's... (laughs) Yes. Although it's not as major as... Right. There's like, it's almost like a series of vignettes in a way. Also think about it like this. It really was meant to be a sort of nineties take on old Pulp Fiction. So it was just like little vignettes broken up over the course of a movie. So it's a bunch of like... Sort of like CD stories, right? Like yes. crime people. Yeah, they're all like tied together. Okay. Like there's Bruce Willis is a boxer who is being asked to take a fall. Uh, the guy who is like the crime, local crime boss holding that over him is married to Uma Thurman, who gets yeah. into like a weird drug caper with a secretly gay Scientology Tra- Travolta, actor. Travolta, Travolta. Uh, okay, Memento. So, I know... Have you seen Memento? Yeah, I own Memento. So, okay, so I know the basic premise that he doesn't remember, which, by the way, I don't really think this is how this shit works, the memory thing, but he has uh, anterograde amnesia, which is where you can't retain your memories. Right. But, like, after a certain point in past, you remember right. everything. Mm-hmm. And then after this point, he can only remember, like, five-minute chunks or whatever. Right, right. So he tattoos himself, which is really stupid. It's shit permanent. I mean, that's why. He needs to remember. But, like, he's going to run out of skin. Write notes. <laughs> well, he does. Yeah, um, but I guess m- notes are disposable. Oh, Carl yeah. Weathers. That's who creeps. So he writes a yeah. bunch of notes to tell himself, like, all of the things he's got to do to get revenge on... I don't know that it's the memory. I think that he lost a girlfriend or something. Like, yeah. I mean, you're, um, you're, yeah, you're in the right ballpark. And I don't know if there's... I always assumed that there's some sort of big twist with Memento. Yes. There is. Did he Can do you it? guess... No. no. Can you guess what it might have something to do with? Uh, his memory? 
Yeah. Yes. So here's the thing. Memento, there are sequences in color and there are sequences in black and white. I didn't know that. The sequences in color are backwards, yep. right? They're, uh, they're scenes in reverse order. Yeah. So where the movie actually starts is where he shoots the man who killed his wife. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so you don't realize as you're watching this, like, what the deal is with the disconnect between the black and white and the color. Does he forget that he's killed the wife the guy already? The wife killer already? I don't, I don't think, think we so. get that aftermath. Yeah. So you never find out what his life is like after he's accomplished his weird thing? No. Yeah. We just keep going further away from that point. Yeah, okay. further from God's So it's just a, maybe a confusing thing to watch unfold until you connect the... Yes. Yeah, it is. And there's All stuff right. like Carrie Ann Moss plays like a woman who's kind of helping him figure it out and uh, she shows up in her first scene with a black eye and she like slowly unfolds that he did the act yeah. to her. He did and what? He, like, he, he punched her. her. Yeah. When he said, when she said something like bad about his wife or something, like she called yeah, her I don't remember the specifics, something. yeah, but... So, but like he also tattoos his body with reminders. Yeah. Yeah, so like... I guess it's more of a... But also, movie. some of the reminders are vague enough that they don't immediately help him in, like, certain scenarios. What a friend... What a good... I know. ...clue. So, I guess it's a twist for the audience, not for him. Well... Not for the characters. Yeah, I, I... He's not surprised by anything. He's just... I mean, he's surprised by everything. I, I guess, yeah. I guess time. I guess it's more for the audience than the character. Yeah. Uh, Slumdog Millionaire. Uh, he's poor. He was poor boy from a poor true. family. That's he, right. Nobody loves him. Somehow he gets on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. But, but the, the Indian, Indian version. version. It's the I Indian believe. version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Because he is yeah. Indian. Yeah. But it's the same concept. Yeah. It's like the, yeah. the, the, the cheesiness. Does right. he cheat? Like something? What it has to do, and this is, again, having not seen it, it's him remember. It's he wins the game, I believe, because he's remembering things in his life that taught him the answers to these questions. Yeah. So oh, he knows he, the answer. And he, it's like him flashing back to like how he learned the answer to this question. Wasn't he kind of like a little street rat, and he had a street rat like girl Aladdin. friend? Like Aladdin. And, well, he had a princess. He didn't have a street That's rat That's true, but she was pretending to be a street rat. Sure. And street mouse. She, it, uh, they end up together, they connect, they reconnect. That's my guess. I think they do reconnect. At the end? There's a big, there's a, 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 run a dance number. Did a dance number end. for it. Yeah. 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 I know it ends with a dance number. Yeah. Seven. Serial killer. I don't know. Seven deadly sins. Oh, wait. Okay. So hold I mean, on. I probably could have. Hold on. Just to establish, yeah. Brendan, you and I have seen this movie. It's been years, but yes, I've seen seven. But you have not, Lee. Nope. I just okay. know that I think his Brad Pitt's girlfriend's head is in the box, or his wife's. Yeah, I mean, yeah, his lady love. Yeah, yeah. I think it was his wife. I don't remember. And he's a detective, or one of the detectives that's going after the serial killer. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's a serial killer who's killing people relating to the seven deadly sins. And then they keep finding bodies in these elaborate, Ill- yeah, elaborate, these occasionally setups. disgusting setups. Mostly disgusting. Yeah. Uh, more disgusting at the beginning of the movie than at the end. Like Gluttony. Yeah. Gluttony was too nasty. That one. I still cannot watch the entire bit yeah, of it I don't because care I, get, for it. I get too unsettled, yeah. and I can't watch the entirety of Sloth. Yeah. Is that it, also freaks me out way too is much. Is it better or worse? Than, is it more or, more or less gross than... Um, do you remember the second the second Cormoran Strike book where the guy is like... <laughs> sort of like his intestines have been sort of removed, and he's sort so, of like implied that they eat him? Because I have not seen that in a visual medium, I cannot comment yet, because what I have in my head, it's it's different, you know? Like, yeah. I can I can imagine something, but, like, seeing the visual You remember sport, that? That's how he died. I remember this him, right? specific scenario. Here's what I'll say about Seven, though. It's... It sounds so cheesy, and I guess it sort of is, but I found it to be a very effective movie. And, like, when I watched it at the I'm time, sure. I was legitimately... David Fincher, I mean. I was legitimately Yeah, go figure. Out. Um, Die Hard? I've never seen Die Hard, guys. What do you Die think it's Hard about? It. Yeah, not a Christmas movie, first of all. <laughs> I know. It just so, takes place in I know that Alan Rickman uh-huh. is a German. Right, yeah. yeah. He's got a German villain. And that accent comes and it goes. The guy that Bruce Willis plays is some sort of cop. 
character. Maybe he's a lot, you know, like a federal or a local cop. Like, I, I'm including FBI and CIA. Yeah, some sort of, like, authority. Yeah, he's, yeah, like, an authority. Like, law authority figure. And he's, like, a loose cannon, I'm guessing. <laughs> he always, like, goes on his own. He's a maverick. And they take over a building. Right. A big, tall one. Uh, the big, tall one. That's a big, right. tall building. And there's a bomb or something. And then they're... But they want money. That's mm-hmm. what all they want. They want money. So the building is sort of, like, hostage. And who he's got to find and defuse the bomb. So that they Do you know who might be money. in this building? Some important people. Okay. Have you seen the movie? Yeah. Is it the president? No. A door opens, the president walks out like, I've been here this whole time! He, so, so to clear up, he is, uh, Bruce Willis is some kind of cop. I believe he loses his job. I thought he lost his job in the beginning, yeah. Um, yeah. And you kind of get the idea that he's sort of been a burnout in his family's life a little bit. Yeah. But he's going, flying back to his hometown where his wife mm-hmm. is working at this extremely nice company in this huge Nacho building. Okay. Um, where, isn't, I mean, like, mm, isn't like a merger or they're having like a Christmas yeah. party. For yeah, it's a Christmas something. party. Yeah. For, it's, um, yeah. And then Rickman comes in, he wants money, but he wants something else. And I can't remember what it was, but candy, um, but he holds the build, whole building hostage. hostage. Right. And it's supposed to be like Bruce Willis is unarmed. A one, man, a one man army going into. Yes. But this was before that became such like a, a trope. Right. So, like, so much of it is so much more played down. The movie is not trying to say he's superhuman. They're right. just saying he's like, very wily and very crafty. Right. The other thing about this, too, is it was supposed to be... It, it was, like... he, Like, I don't want to say, like, fish out of water is not the term I want to use necessarily, but it really is sort of, like, he is, like, an everyman who is placed in a ridiculous situation. He's under-equipped yeah. for okay. the situation. And, like, it focuses a lot... Because he's and, not a big-time FBI. He's, like, a local... Right, yeah. Fire. Yeah. Okay. And uh, is, was there a bomb, yeah. or is it just hostage situation? I think there is a. I thought there was bomb at some point. I don't remember. Specific. It's a fun the movie. The it's an enjoyable movie, nuts, though, right? The and sequel. I, I mean, like the sequels. Like it keeps like you know. Oh my god, the sequels are insane. They eventually start flying off the rails. But the idea is also like if you do a movie that is about like an everyday man placed in an absurd situation, like. You know, at a certain point, it's like, how the fuck does he keep ending up in these yeah. absurd situations? Yeah. This the second one, by the way, is uh, Jeremy Irons breaking into Fort Knox. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch Jeremy Irons do just about anything. That man can do whatever he wants when I'm watching him. Uh, Goodwill Hunting, guys. I've never seen. All right, it. so what never do you think it's that. about? So, Wait, you've never seen it? Never seen it. For serious. So Matt Damon okay. is he a, is a janitor? Smart, smart janitor. Yeah. Um, he's in, I know, I didn't, so here's some things that I knew before recently, because I recently I got a lot of pieces of the puzzle. Wait, I have a question for both of you. What? How about them apples? I don't know what that's he referring that. to. I don't know that he says that. They're eating apples in the scene. Comedy Bang Bang is joked about No, I'm it. joking. They're not eating apples. <laughs> I would have believed you. <laughs> I know, I should have kept it going. So, here's the thing. I regret. <laughs> and and Robin Williams is smart mathematics professor I thought Harvard? he was a therapist. Not Harvard. I think he's a therapist. He's a therapist. I think I only knew that recently. Interesting. But all I knew, all I knew before I knew that he was a therapist was that it was about Robin Williams um, teaching this guy and getting him out of his janitor lifestyle. And he's like, to a better and life. It, he's like almost like savant level intelligence, right? Like yeah. It's supposed to be like there's a, like a reason I didn't. I never really knew why he was a janitor, but he was really smart. And I think recently, because I read an article on AV Club about certain like movies, famous movie scenes, I think what happens is that he has some sort of like crazy psychological issues and he's sad or something and then Robin Williams is a therapist and because I remember the EV Club article was about scenes that make you emotional that they were talking in an article about like how Robin Williams is probably doing unethical practices with his psychology oh, oh, I'm, oh he, he certainly um, is yes but, but like that he, he like causes a major breakthrough 
before Matt Damon. Yeah. So I think that he, there's like some guilt or sadness that he has Eesh. that he has to like unloosen before he can get on with his life. Was Damon molested? Is that why he keeps telling him it's not your fault? Okay. So here's the quick breakdown. All right. Yes, he's a janitor. He's very intelligent. He's like a genius savant. He is a janitor at MIT. Stellan Skarsgård is a professor at, or is it Harvard? I don't remember. One of the two. I think it's MIT. At, uh, and there's like a mathematical equation that's written on a chalkboard and goodwill hunting, just will hunting, fixes it. And Stellan Skarsgård like, hey, don't mess with my equation. What are you doing? That he like stops and realizes that like he actually solved this equation. Is that where this trope comes from? Because I, I feel like that comes up in sitcoms all the time where like the kid doodles at the end of an equation that are like, <gasps> I mean, maybe, I don't know. Anyway, so he was like roommates with Robin Williams, who is a psychology professor at Bunker Hill. And so he's like, hey, like, I think you should talk to this kid. Like this kid, like, I, I want to understand like what his deal is basically. Like he's a janitor. He could be doing a lot more. Like find out like basically what his deal is. Mini Driver is his love interest in the movie. Also, the them apple sequence is because um, there are like these Harvard douchebags sort of like like hitting on Mini Driver and she's just like, okay, whatever, whatever. And then like Will Hunting gets her phone number off of her and then like goes up to the Harvard douchebags who are sitting inside like a restaurant oh. or something and he goes like, hey, do you like apples? And he says, how do you like these apples? And holds up the phone number to them. To show off that the, he, he like got her phone but number. But he already knows her phone number. No, he doesn't. Oh, okay. He, this is like when he first oh, met his her. Oh, love interest, yeah. not like his, okay. Not like his like girlfriend, but like, okay. yeah. And um, I won't go into too much of the specifics. You were right about the abuse is what I will say. Okay. And um, yeah, it is It is indeed a good movie. I feel like some of it has probably been built up as like, like you know, making fun of it in pop culture. Yeah. It is a very well written movie. I enjoy it a lot. Okay. Usual suspects. There's a big twist in it. Yeah, yeah. it sure is. But what is it about, Lee? It's about who did a crime. Have you seen it? Yeah. <laughs> who did a crime? Who did and, I, okay. Who did crime? And uh, someone's going over it like a detective or something. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I know that it's Kevin Spacey. Do you know who he is? Kaiser Sose. Okay. But the Kaiser Sose has also like a construct. I don't know what that right. means. But I know that he's Kaiser Sose. So there is. Do you know is... the ending? Do you know like the last scene? I, isn't it like he's writing a report? The detective is like writing down at the end of like all the things or something, and then he sort of like has a revelation at the end or something. He, he has and a revelation. What else is happening? Do you know what no, else happens? I okay. don't know anything really. I don't even know what the crime was. So the whole time that Kevin Spacey's interviewing, he's presenting. A, he's shown up at a bunch of these movies, by the way. He's he's presenting as like someone with like this timid, meek, like like. But also, he has like a limp. Yeah, and I think one of his arms kind of turns in, and yeah. he kind of. He kind of communicates some kind of de- developmental yeah, issues. Like the, the is he always a suspect, or is he like a person of interest or something? He, more person of interest. Because yeah. so he seems to know all of these guys that were caught in this very elaborate yeah. crime. Okay. So he's always he's like always stammering out his uh, his statements and testimony. So as that detective is having that revelation, mm-hmm. there's a tight shot of Spacey's like legs yeah. just walking away, like limping, at and first. you see it start to correct yeah. into a completely oh. confident. Yeah. So he does it like after he's closed the case or something. After he's like left, basically after he, like he leaves, believing that like you know, they imply that he's able to like elude capture. Yeah. He, he's basically gotten away with it, and okay. the guy, the the police officers, like just realize that. But but he can't do anything about it at that point. I mean, I guess it's just that, like, it would be, like, he could probably, but it's, like, it would be difficult. You know, like, yeah. he has to, like, hunt down this guy. But it also makes every, so the entire but movie. does Kevin Spacey get a moment to sort of turn back and be like, gotcha. <laughs> I wish. He turns to the camera and winks. <laughs> well, but you find <laughs> out Don't by tell the end your of friends. It. You find out by the end of it, because Kevin Spacey's character is the one that was, he's the one who's telling him everything that you yeah. see right. happen in the movie. Most of the movie is, 
like flashbacks, but then you realize the entire thing was made up. Yeah. Oh. Like he he told this made up story about how everything went down so that he could maintain his position as not the mastermind that he really was. But did everyone else was working with him? Or they're dead? At I this think. Point. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh. It's a good movie. I mean, Kevin yes. Spacey, Brian Singer, but like. It's, it's an a good effective movie. movie. It's a good movie. Blade Runner. <laughs> All right, okay. so it has something to do with androids and replicants, right? Harrison Ford is secretly an he, android. He's maybe an android. Like he's there are very well, I thought it's there are various cuts of the movie where it makes it more ambiguous. So we're ignoring the theatrical version. Oh my god, there's too many fucking. This is the one thing I know about Blade Runner. There's I like know, five but, fucking versions. But see, you keep complaining about how many versions there are, and then I keep telling you there is. Aside from the theatrical version, the other ones only make slight deviations, and they're all on the same page with he yet is. A but they still count them. I mean, they're still separate. Does he? Versions. He doesn't know that he's. All I'm saying is, you could still pick one out of the four decent My guess ones. Is he doesn't find. know he's a replicant. Does he know he's a replicant? Not until the end. Okay, and he's finding another replicant, a rogue replicant. Right, Sean Young. I'm gonna let you guys go, and then I'll correct. All right, so Sean Young's in it. They hunt. He, someone asks him to find a. Rogue, Rogue replicants. Yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah. He knows that replicants exist, I'm guessing. Right. And then someone asks him to find this rogue one. And he goes in this maybe Odyssey through a cyberpunk town, USA. There's and a little silver unicorn that factors in in some yeah. way. And yes. then <laughs> he meets John Young and there's like a weird connection and then and then he finds out that he's a replicant in the end. So you guys have most of the details in line. The only big difference is he's not hunting one replicant. The deal was there was a colony, a work colony on Mars where they had sent this specific team of replicants that were made to kind of withstand all of those very unique environmental, environmental requirements. Um, but they basically just killed their handlers and like took a shuttle back to Earth and be like, fuck it, we're going to do whatever we want. So he's finding all of them? So he has to track down all of them. And it ends with... Uh, so, Sean Young is a replicant, but she doesn't know that for most of the movie. Um, and she's just the one of the main scientists, like, pet, but she thinks she's his secretary. It's really fucked up. Um, but the, the tell is that all the replicants are associated with animals throughout the movie. So, like, Zora is associated with snakes. Um, Daryl Hannah's character is associated with raccoons. Uh, Sean Young is associated with spiders. Uh, Rugger Hauer is bats. And the silver unicorn is... Uh, it, what? Deckers? Yes. Okay. And Decker is essentially a replicant cop. He, yeah. They're called Blade Runners. They're just out there to kill any of the co-rogue. Period. So wait, do we know... But he okay. can't bring himself to kill Sean Young because okay. he's in love okay. with him. Okay, okay. So the movie is called Blade Runner. These cops are called Blade Runners. Do we know from the beginning that Harrison Ford is a Blade Runner? Yes. Do we know that Blade Runners are all robots? No, not all Blade, not all Blade Runners are robots. Oh, this he, is like an SAT question now. He is a Blade Runner. <laughs> he is a Blade Runner who is a robot. Okay, all right. But you're correct about the fact that it is an odyssey through this town, and it's it's pretty cool. All right, I yeah. suggest we skip I the next one it. and we go to African Queen. Yeah. Chris, who is the African, the Queen? African Queen? Is question. African Queen a boat? You're yes, correct. <laughs> correct. <laughs> I was really hoping someone would say Catherine Hepburn a blackface. <laughs> Me too, honestly. <laughs> Or Humphrey Bogart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the performance of the life. The African queen. Hold on, so let me just understand a few things. So yeah. I know a scattered few details about this movie, because for the time that I worked for Daedalus, that small catalog company, one of the things they had in Overstock that they were selling was like a DVD of African Queen. Mm -hmm. And they had a blurb that I got pretty familiar with. And it mentioned a few things. That African Queen was a boat. Yep. Yes. I know Humphrey Bogart, Catherine Hepburn, right. and Grace Kelly? 
No, Brandon? no. I, I mean, maybe like I'm. I'm trying to think of who it's she would have been. It's mostly a two-handed. I was gonna say like I don't remember. Like I know there are other people, but like not really, right? Maybe I'm the wrong. movie is like mostly that these two fuckers on a boat. Right. The oh, last three in this list are for Chris. It's a lightning okay. round for yeah. all. Christ. Right, Chris. Let's hear what you have to say about these. So it happened one night. What happened? What is the itch to which happened <laughs> that one night? <laughs> what happened that night? Is it just falling in love? Is that yeah, what? I mean, it was, okay. Is yeah. that right? Like, the meeting. The meeting. The title isn't that like. So I know. How much do you know about this movie? I know it's Claudette Colbert. Okay. I know it's. I'm blanking out on his name again. You'll um, know who it is. I mean, it's a guy you. The thing you find in a garden. <laughs> his last name. It's also. It's a first name is a candy bar. Big Clark, ears. Clark, Clark Gable. Yeah. <laughs> That's go. what it was. I was like, as soon as yeah. I was like, oh, Clark Bar, got it, got it. So um, Hershey Gable. What Wait, is his? What is his job? I don't know, but I think. Do you he's, know like the vague premise? Give I think he's like down market, and isn't she like? Like a rich girl, correct? Uh-huh. But she finds herself kind of down in her luck, and has to do things like hitchhike with him. Mm-hmm. Isn't there also a scene where they're in like a boarding house and they have to like put up a blanket to separate it? Yeah. There's a lot of yeah. like play around that. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of like, ooh, this is so sexy and racy. <laughs> right. It's the '30s. He's taking off his shirt. Oh, he so has an undershirt on. She she can't see what's happening, but she knows what's occurring. <laughs> so yeah, General Broadstokes are correct. So he's a reporter. She's <laughs> General Broadstokes. She's running away. <laughs> She's running away from her rich family because her rich dad won't let her marry this pilot that she doesn't love with, that she's yeah. infatuated with. And so he's in it for the story. Right. Um, he doesn't tell her at first, but eventually he does confess, like, I'm a reporter. I will help you if you let me... Report like, on this. Report on this. I will, like, you know, you won't have to... Because you're fucking useless on your own. Right. You get anywhere. And, like, you you have no money right now. You have no means yeah. to, like, do anything right now. Yeah, is they're she, both poor. Is she wackier? Or is uh, she... She's not, like... I mean, she's, like, a little... She's, but she's naive. Not, yeah, but it's, she's it's not, not like, bringing a baby wacky. Yeah, Catherine Hepburn is is just nuts. But this, <laughs> Claudette Colbert is more just, like, innocent in the ways of the world. Yeah. Okay. And so she has to be navigated by uh, Clark Gable. And they fall in love, and it is actually much more like, like sentimental and romantic than I would say bringing a baby is in that in that way. It's like a really, I, it, like honestly, to me, one of the most romantic rom coms. It is so like it happened when I was generally regarded as like the first rom com. It's like yeah. the first like sort of movie that shows like a guy and a girl. Like it establishes like almost all the tropes that you That's would have cool. now with a rom com. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so yeah, like. There's that part in the end of the second half break where it's like, well, I guess we're done. And yeah, like I've to. He yeah. has this idea that he'll like propose to her, but then like assumes for some reason that she won't have him, and he like white fangs her basically. Yeah. And then she eventually finds <laughs> out white fangs her. that like he would have done it with her, and then she like runs away from her wedding altar, and and they have goes fun. to meet him. Yeah. yeah, we should have like a screwball weekend. We should, yeah. Do would, that. Briefly. Finally, I wanted to briefly talk about the apartment. Okay, I do know the basic plot of this. Okay. What is Sarge it? Jack Lemmon. Yes. And I know he's sort of like an office peon. Yeah. Um, the executives at the company he works for keep an apartment where they can take their girlfriends and or prostitutes. Do you want yeah. confirmation? Uh, I'm just going to keep going okay. and then I guess you guys can. And one of those prostitutes is Shirley MacLaine. Jack Lemmon somehow, somehow ends up in the apartment at the same time that she is there and they have a connection. Okay. So you're... Is that it? Yeah. You 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 have vague you're not ideas. bad. It is Jack Lemmon's apartment. Yeah, it's Jack Lemmon's apartment. He is letting them use he's, his apartment. Oh, no. He's so like, like on the... Like on the stoop, basically. Stoop, yeah. yeah. So like he wants to... He's letting them use his apartment for like trysts and affairs yeah. so that he will move <laughs> up in the company. so degrading. And way more than that, he is not... 
Uh, Shirley MacLaine is not a prostitute. No. It is a girl from the office that he is. Alone She's with. an elevator operator, I think, or like an know. elevator girl, like something you know yeah. doesn't exist. He anymore. already has a crush on her, and they talk regularly. And like they have a, a cute little like work bantery yeah. connection. And then he finds he doesn't have he doesn't know that she's sleeping with the big this is the like big big his boss. boss like his boss yeah, is like secretly having an boss. affair with her and then he finds out that like the girl that he's interested in is like having an affair in his apartment yeah. with so his the big boss. deal about the apartment too is that the sequel? Um, that yeah. not just that they have a connection Condo that she <laughs> she wants to like make it in a real relationship with this boss. But yeah. he obviously doesn't want the that boss to is married also. Yeah, the boss is married, and so like they have a sort of a fight in, in Jack Lemmon's apartment. Yeah, and she is depressed because he won't like break up with his wife, and so she tries to kill herself in the apartment. Oh my and God. He, that's where Jack Lemmon sort of walks back to is yeah. like her like unconscious. Right, and he has a doctor neighbor. And the doctor and the doctor neighbor doesn't have a clue that he's having all these other people over, and so the doctor neighbor thinks he's just like a crazy sex addict yeah. with like a bajillion mistresses. Yeah. And so he thinks that like he's just been an asshole to this woman, that's why she's killing herself. But he's he's like, you have to now stay in the apartment all night with her because she might do something again. Touch and go, and yeah. she might try it again. So just keep her occupied for the evening. And so the majority of the story is like this one night as they sort of like. Co- I think it's not the, I would say it's the majority, but I'd say it's, it's like, like the last half or so. Yeah. yeah. That sounds so. This is a comedy. It's comedy, yeah. yeah, it is. I mean, I don't. It's say, not it's, just a comedy. Yeah, like it, I don't want to say dark comedy because that's not quite the word I would use. But it is like it is like a serious a dramedy, perhaps. Yeah, I, I yeah. guess it's a good movie. I, I do want to see it, but it should just, not be. It just sounds so bleak. Yeah, you should not be put off by anything we're saying in terms yeah. of like it being a difficult. Watch. It's not really a difficult watch. Like, no, it's not. It's not like dour. It's not you know. There's like serious things that happen in it, but it's not like you know. And it ends in a hopeful place. I don't know that it's the most realistic portrayal of suicide. I mean, I'm sure it's not. But. I mean, for the time. Yeah. That would, that would have been, like, a real treat if they had gotten that right. Yeah. Um, so that was the last one we had on the list. The only other thing I kind of wanted to do is... I mean, I know I now have a pretty steady list of movies I do want to now see. Mm-hmm. But out of any of the ones that you guys have not seen, did this exercise pique your interest at all, or...? No, I mean, honestly, like, I don't like seeing, I don't like to watch bummers, and so, like, I, that's why I never watched Brokeback Mountain, and, like, maybe I'll watch clips of it, but I don't really want to watch a movie that ends with, like, and, you know. Someone dying. I think we're all ready, I think we're all done with, like, movies about gay people gay getting people killed. getting killed. <laughs> um, I why I should probably watch Seven, and I should probably watch Die Hard, and, like, I don't think that we've piqued my interest, and I should probably watch Good Will Hunting. Um... I feel a little bit relieved that I know what they're about now. I feel like it's more likely to make me watch them. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Did, was there a similar effect? I will you? probably watch Blade Runner at some point. I can't I imagine watch. wanting to watch any of the mob-related movies we discussed. No, like, it, they're just them. not my thing. I mean, to be frank, once you've seen one, you've seen them all. I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily true, but, like, I just know that it's not necessarily, like, a subject that interests me that mm-hmm. much. Chris, we'll just have a weekend where we watch Bring a Baby and It Happened One Night. The and The Apartment. The Apartment. It'll be a good time. Yeah. All right. And then we'll cap it off with Blade Runner. <laughs> what a yeah. fun time. Yep. All right. I think we should probably wrap it up. Yeah, yeah for sure. Some severe editing. All right. Back so. in two weeks, The International. Join us then, won't you? Forgot that was the movie we were doing. Bye! Bye.